What's going on again, everybody? Welcome into the Dogs Football Podcast, the 23rd installment of the Western Illinois Recap. Here we are back in the studio on this Monday, October 4th. Your host, Nick Malone, joined by my co-host, Noah Lurch. Noah, what's going on, man? It was a crazy game on Saturday night, one that we wish did wasn't the case at the end, but it was what it is, and we got the double. Get into it. What's going on? Yeah, let's jump right into it. Before we get into the game itself, uh, I wanted to mention the uh, poor broadcasting by, I assume they were Western Illinois students on the ESPN Plus channel. Seeing a lot of Saluki fans um, complaining about it. Uh, Nick and I both had to mute our own TVs because we could not stand them. Um, they were bad, so we had to mute that, so we were watching the game without any uh, sound. Yeah, that was unfortunate. You know, they were kind of biased, obviously, as well. Whoever really is the home team on ESPN Plus games, usually it's students, even though we know Connor Onion's not a student. He's done home games before on ESPN Plus, joined by a couple other local people. So I'm sure, but, you know, they're a lot better than what we heard then, too. So that was unfortunate. Yeah, we did have to. The camera angles were bad at times, too. That's what, what is unfortunate about ESPN Plus, but we're glad, obviously, we're able to watch. And uh, if you guys were listening on the radio... Mike Reese and Gene Green looks like we're in, we're doing it from Carbondale. We know Todd Hefferman was at the game, so we were wondering why Mike and Gene weren't because they made every other road game, and we were thinking that maybe it's got something to do with Mike and what he's been going through with his mom that maybe it led him to happen to or then to have to do it from there. And it was kind of spotty too, wasn't it? Yeah, they weren't their usual selves. I would just say they were seeing what we were seeing on the TV and. You, if you and I were trying to broadcast that off what we saw, we wouldn't be able to do like uh, our usual selves either. Yeah, it's difficult. So we mentioned how our condolences to Mike and uh, kudos for him for sticking with it and still doing his job, the job that we know he loves. So, yeah, Noah, we, we heard that fight song again, and the, the team sang it after the fact, and we love hearing it after every win. And we're debating, or I was thinking about if we were going to do it after losses. So we're not sure yet, but... Uh, we know the game will have coming up this weekend. We'll get into, but yeah, no, a 31 to 30 victory of Western Illinois. It was a crazy one. That's for dang sure. So let's jump right into it. Obviously we, uh, we won the toss and we deferred per usual, but no, the first drive they had, it was barely a minute and a half. And it got to the point where it was Anthony Knighton, of course, on his, or first of all, they were they were pinned, right? Weren't they pretty? They they were they were was it a touchback? Nico had a touchback. Yes. And they got it at wherever that's wherever that's at. And Anthony Knighton got his big old paws up and created a uh, a pass breakup up in the air. And Noah, uh, the birthday boy Bryce Notre brought it down for a pick that put us in good position. Yeah. Uh, it was a delayed start because of lightning. So. Right. Uh, yeah. Was hoping we would get off to a good start, hoping that wouldn't affect us. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Anthony and uh, Bryce got it all started on the defensive side. Got it all started, and then it didn't take long for us. We were saying, okay, this is like the ultimate start. We were at Buffalo Wild Wings. We both got off work, wanted to watch another big game as well. We knew, and we streamed ours at uh, at there. So we saw that kickstart. And we, but we had a false start the first play of that, and then we got some running game involved, and then Noah, we found Landon Lenore, 32 yards Nick Baker did to open up the scores, and we had a, there was an unsportsmanlike conical Nick Baker apparently that did it on the kickoff, but 7 nothing us. 
Yeah, that was a that's uh what we haven't seen lately. We've been off to these slow starts and it's just really halted our offense from any consistency to start the games. And that was one of the that was one of the keys of the Nick Hills uh he does his pre uh, three keys of the game, and that was one of them to get off to a good start, fast yeah, start. Yeah, we did notice that uh, one of them was different than the you know the others are the usual. The other one, the, the usual ones are pretty uh, big. What was the one that he had on there that we forgot? If you recall, off the top of your head. Uh, they had his uh, the new one was uh, get off to a fast start. There it is. Um, then the usual like uh, prevent explosive plays from happening and uh, win the turnover battle, I believe. Okay, yeah. So you're right on the – that he mentioned the, the slow start that we have. you got to start fast, and we did. After we scored there, we we, convinced, we got Western a punt, and then a 90-yard drive, a little over six minutes, we scored a touchdown. There was a lot of Avante on this drive. It was a lot of – actually, they got Avante involved in the runs. Ron Rollins came and made a couple big catches – uh, Avante Noah had arguably one of the another one of the best catches in SA history. It was literally similar to Isaiah's catch right over the middle. Once again, he reached back for his uh, throw behind him and reached back with his left hand and brought it down. And this was and we were at our we were in our own territory. And then a lot Avante had at least six straight plays here where it was all him Noah. But then he had a four. I'm pretty sure it was after this play, four yard pass. And he started, and he and he came off the field. It looked like he was shaking up a little bit. Came off the field, immediately got with one of the trainers, and looked like he was holding his arm, which is an arm what we thought of uh, at first. But Noah found out that it was his shoulder, and we didn't see him again uh, after that. He came out actually shirtless with a sling on the sideline. Yeah, not not being there at the game and be able to see him, but. I would almost say it was like the James Caesar injury almost. He came off, and it would almost look like he had a stinger or something, and it turns out to be maybe, well, Nick Hill said in his press conference he might be available this week, so we'll get into more of that later. Yeah, so at the time, obviously, we're thinking, oh, no, like hopefully this isn't like a James injury, yes, to where it would be season-ending. That would be awful, and we found out it was a shoulder. Yeah, I mean, you'd think – because we talked about how whenever James got hurt that he came on the sidelines and then he came back out in street clothes with a sling on and he was cheering the team on. Avante was just standing there. So we talked about how we, we figured if it was serious, he wouldn't be on the sidelines. He'd be in the in the training room dealing with it or at the hospital if it was that bad. So that's what we thought, Noah, at first, that since he was back on the sideline, that he was going to be all right. So... And then as soon as he went down, we knew people had to step up. And obviously, yeah, like, like we mentioned at the time, we... Hoping it wasn't too serious, but we had a feeling he was going to be out for the game, obviously, once we saw him on the sidelines. So, no, as soon as he went out, others stepped up. We'll get to that. But Justin Strong got involved again with a run at Javon. No, he only had one yard run here. He was not, again, too involved in the game. But uh, Isaiah Hartrup knew he had to step up, and he did. Nick found him. And then Nick Baker found he ran for a nine-yard touchdown. Noah finally getting to see Nick use his legs a little bit. Yeah, uh... That's what uh, he usually. Uh, that's what I'd like to see more. That's what we got a lot out of Stone last or during the spring. That if he didn't in about three or four seconds, if he didn't find an open receiver, he got out of the pocket and uh, uh, used his legs and got what he got. And uh, that's what I'd like to see Nick do. Uh, Nick uh, wants. I know he wants to make the play happen, and he f- ends up forcing some things. Yeah. So. You're right. Whenever he's in utter danger, don't force or throw it away or run. And he found the end zone there. And Noah, 
And then we're thinking, obviously, we're still off to a great start at 14-0. They had a punt, but they only got negative 18 yards on this drive with the help of a, a false start on them and then a big sack by Bryce Notry for 15 yards, and they punted a nice 50-yard punt that put us – or Javon had a nice uh, return a little bit. So we were thinking, okay, at 14-0, first play, then Noah, Nick Baker intercepted. Yeah, this is uh, one where he uh, – this is another forced, forced pass by him and uh, – not a good thing. This is one, I believe this is the one where he got out of the pocket and tried to make a thing happen. He could have scrambled for some yards, but tried to force one in there to, I think, Landon, was it? So uh, not a good drive to get us going, maybe even to put the try to start putting in the dagger in the first half. Yeah, and this looked like this was near, you know, almost at the end of the first quarter. And, yeah, and then right out of it, a minute 23, or whatever point this was, and they punted it. But we were at their 48, so we thought, okay, let's try to nail the coffin early, be at 21 nothing, and we were. We got to that point here shortly. They punted away at once once more, and then Noah 70-yard, 550 drive on this. A lot of people involved. Jerron again, Landon Tice had his uh, – probably he only had a couple catches, if not just one. He had one there. Uh and uh, he was eyeing Landon a lot. We were thinking maybe he was going to turn it over again with how many times he was going. Landon's way. Donovan got involved here at the end, knowing he was the one who punched it in from four yards out. Yeah, during that drive, is uh, got lucky. Nick threw another pick, but Darius Joyner was called for pass interference. So that saved another interception from Nick Baker, and we converted. And, uh, yeah, Donovan Spencer punched it in. Yeah, we saw Aiden Quinn get involved. On this drive as well, he had a 16-yard catch. <clears throat> so, yeah, people having to step up. And Donovan, who we talk about endlessly since he's came back and fully playing, and he's been almost unstoppable, it seems like. So, Noah, they come back, and they have an eight-play, 43-yard drive to get on the board with a field goal. And then, Noah, here, we, we were working our way home, but obviously at this point we were uh, knowing what was going on with uh, pick six. Nick Baker had, he was looking for Javon, couldn't get anything going, and then he had a pick six, 29 yarder. Who was he targeting on this play? Yeah, this is another force pass. He was trying to force it into Jerron. Uh, Jerron actually uh, should have had the tackle on him. Uh, he, the guy got away from Jerron, and he ran it in for a touchdown. There you go. So we're thinking, okay, 21 to 10, that's not how you want to end. And Nick Hale even preached how the decision-making there right before the half needs to be better, so there were just punts galore until halftime. And then us knowing that we had the ball coming in a half, it wasn't too good that we punted on three plays, got negative yardage. But then, Noah, we got a, finally got another interception. Quay Brown found this one. A lot of stuff going on, but there's penalties on theirs, illegal block, that offset with our face mask penalty. A lot of stuff happening, but Noah Quay getting involved. Is this his first pick of the season? Yes, it is. So we know how active Quay is in tackling, that finally he's able to find uh, the ball in that sense. And then, no, we go down 10 plays, and we end up settling for a Nico 37-yard field goal. And Jerron had a 16-yard catch at, at this point, Isaiah, for 10. So we were we were moving the sticks big time. Donovan was involved again as well. Nico 37-yard. They punted right away three plays, and we punted on three plays. And then, Noah, they came and made it a seven-score game with a touchdown that went an 80-yard drive, only barely over two minutes. So now we're only up by seven. We're thinking, okay, 
should have put it away a long time ago, but here we go. It's it's one of these again. And then we had, this was when Nick Baker was getting sacked a ton, when the protection wasn't at its best. Uh, he was sacked twice on this drive for a total of 19, 19 yards, but overall was a, a minus or negative 12 drive. So, you know, we got some uh, other positive yards, but the sacks obviously got us for negatives. Jack, and then had a, when we had the punt, Jack had a 42-yarder that down them only to their own 45, but they go right down Noah again and score. It was uh, however many, this was a eight play 55 yard drive. So here it is tied, then we punt again. So we're thinking, okay, near the end of the third quarter, not looking good at this point, um, just punts galore. And then we miss a field goal, Noah, right before third quarter ends. Uh, wait, right, is that where the point I'm at? No, that was before, that was into the, that was into the fourth, I, I apologize. What was the point, Noah, do you remember at the point when Zach Gibson had to come in the game and had a huge third down catch? It had to have been here near the end. Yeah, we'll mention before before halftime, we got extremely lucky. Right after the pick six, they kicked an onside, and they were flagged for offsides, but they actually recovered offside, so we got really lucky right there. Yes, and you're right, all these little details. They go by throughout right as soon as they tie, and there was a play that – I wanted to mention that stuck out. Uh, we had a, a big old play. Justin Strong ran the ball, and he, uh, or he caught it for 18 yards, got it to, and he was breaking tackles, getting big-time positive yards, and then he made a spin move that got the ball out. So then we, it ended up almost going right back to where we started, which killed, a, which killed obviously a legit drive up before they went down and scored again that Bo fell on. So that negated everything. And then Nick got, that's when Nick got uh, sacked for 10 yards, and that's when we punted, and they went down and scored. But along this way, uh, we were saying at the time, whenever, obviously because we know Zach Gibson from basketball, that he had to step up this year, and he looks good. He came in and he had a, one of the biggest catches of the season, if we're being honest. So, Noah, there was at the time whenever, as soon as we punted it back, they got it. And... Uh, what were the play? The two key tackles. Uh, P.J. Jules made a huge tackle right before on to, on second down to force third when they were when they were uh, packed deep after Gianna got a huge nine yard sack and then they were second nineteen. They go for ten yards. That's when P.J. got his tackle and then on third and nine they had a pass complete around the sticks. It ended up being fourth and three, but no, David Miller had a huge tackle. So our our two key corners had huge tackles there. Yeah, they uh, they made some big time plays for us down the stretch. And then we had a five play, fifty yard drive. Here's whenever we got in position. No, this is what we were saying because we had a timeout. We understand throughout the game that Nick, you know, he calls early timeouts, but he ends up making his way where we only have one. And sometimes he doesn't use all of them. And this is when we wish that he would have dialed up better play call, maybe some runs, getting a better position for Nico. We know he's got a boot out of this world, and we're confident in him, but obviously we want to make it as easy as possible. We were thinking it was going to rain in this game. I'm not sure if it did. We, we said how it got delayed earlier. So we knew it was going to be one of those games, and we knew that they were going to be our dogs of the game, special teams coming in. So, no, they should use that other timeout, wouldn't you say, and obviously ran the ball more. There was a play, the last play that we ran before overtime, blended regulation, and Nick just completely threw it away. There was like three seconds on the clock, but – uh, we should have ran more to get in a better position. Yeah, uh, we really got a – it was a really uh, uh, messy game for us. Penalties, a lot of penalties. 
Um, we get a penalty. We got a false start on that drive. Yeah. And uh, then he, uh, we ran, uh, what looks like they had a one-on-one with Landon, and Nick just randomly threw it. He pretty much automatically threw it straight out of bounds, not to waste any time. Then they took a couple timeouts, and that's when Nico stepped up from a 45 yards and missed it a little left. Missed it a little left, yeah. So we were thinking – had to put ourselves in a better position to not obviously go to any anything can happen in overtime. We'll get to that in a second. But Nico's missed a couple of kicks. Obviously, the forty-seven yarder he missed at Kansas State that was almost it was barely left too. It had distance, barely left, and then this one. So we haven't put Nico in the best situation. The Kansas State game was unreal atmosphere. The atmosphere here wasn't too great. We understand it was their homecoming. So, but they got into it near the game once they started coming back. Obviously, so Noah, let's go into overtime. We got it first, and first play, the only play we had to run was a strike to land for 25 yards to get on the board. And obviously the PATs matter big time. And Nico, we know, is pretty automatic. I think he's, what, he's missed one all year, if that. So coming in that sense, and we're up, then obviously we know we have to stop them. Obviously they're never going to settle for a field goal, so they will go for it any time. But it didn't take long for them either, obviously. One play for the same yardage for the – for the touchdown, Noah, but as we know, obviously, they could have kept the game going. We talked how close they've been playing a lot of their teams, and they were really good offensively in this game, but especially at the one-play rushing play. Not a pass, a rush. It was pretty easy getting past our defense for the score, so we thought probably they should have continued the game, but they went for two, Noah. And what was it? Just a little dump-off, and Ja'Kari Patterson was right there. We, we sought that after big time, and he tackled him, and then next thing we know, the game was over. Hey, everybody was walking off the field. We were in, the people were celebrating. We were like, goodness gracious. So what do you think of that final that final decision by then? Yeah, uh, the way it was going, uh, our offense was struggling at most points of the game. And you could tell on that overtime drive where they ran one play and the guy just ran straight straight through us. We were Our defense was worn. Uh, a lot of arm, trying to arm tackle that guy. And that guy was not at a lot of – uh, runs of most of the game and he was energized and ran right through us and I would have I would have I would have kicked the extra point if I was their coach and because uh, our our uh, and the overtime rule is their offense would have went right back out there against our defense and our defense was pretty worn down because they uh they were carrying us most of the game you're right and they had a, they were off to a great start we talked about we don't know what the heck uh second half speech or halftime speech and kill had probably just like, a, all right, guys, let's just, you know, because he always says how easy he is in the halftime with talking to the players about what they need to do. And usually we've been a good second half team this season, but the defense, yeah, we thought was gassed. And yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where we said, you know, there's a reason why Western scheduled the teams that they did because they know competing in our conference that it's hard, even though they got all these other big teams that, you know, they're already down in the dumps anyway. Their season's pretty much over in terms of competing for a playoff spot. Anyway, definitely right, is and conference season's barely started. But they scheduled these games, and they thought, what else we got to lose, even though they should have known, yeah, that their offense was going right through us. They could have kept the game going as long as we did. And if, you know, obviously, because our offense was to the point, Noah, where obviously outside of that land and first touchdown that, who knows if we would have got anything going. Nick could have got sacked again. We would have had to settle for a field goal, but they could have easily scored on us again. So, yeah, there is some question marks on that play. Um, but like I said, I mean, it's one of those where what do we got to lose? That's just, you know, season's already pretty much over. Let's just try to go for this. 
and shock them. And they uh, they and we say they almost did, but we saw after that play big time, and then the game was over. So, no final thoughts. Yeah, I believe uh, I believe Jakari said after the game. I reckon he said I recognize it instantly. This is not going to be a run. So I aborted what I was supposed to do. Read the man and made the play. Okay. So that's a big time play. Yeah, good tidbit there. That yeah, we figured they probably wouldn't have ran. It's definitely going to be a pass. And, that was definitely a design play. It's one of those where you probably could look downfield. They didn't have – we got a couple of sacks on the day, but their quarterback had some time to throw. So, yeah, it is interesting. So, diving in. So, yeah, it was kind of – we were speechless at that ending for how easy it was for us to uh, tackle them and end the game that it was just – it all came as a surprise. So, next thing we know, the game was over. So, getting into this box score, no, Nick Baker threw it 43 times. Is that, that's got to be up there with the most he's had this year. Uh, completed 60% of his passes, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, so, yeah, 26 for 43. He needs to have, especially going to these other games, we thought going to this game, Noah, that Nick had to, uh, especially after, you know, if the Illinois State game and all this since the SEMO, that he had to have a breakout game before these big games. And he, he did all right, but he had some bad decisions. Yeah. Since that SEMO game you mentioned, uh, He's just not really impressed me at all. It's just on the decision making. He uh, he's uh, trying to force some things. Uh, uh, I know uh, our we lost our center during the game. Calvin Francis, Jimmy Warmsley had to come in. Uh, our offensive line. I don't know if he was checking anything or they were trying to check, but Western was blitzing us all game, and he's either getting out of the pocket and trying to force thing, or I feel like every a lot of it, a lot of those 43 throws, he's thrown off his back foot and then it could be picked off. I feel like sometimes, and it's, he just, I think he needs to either like we, we were talking, talking today that I said, uh, maybe stone would get the chance to play because last year during the spring stone, he got when he got out of that pocket. If he didn't see something right away that's open, he took off and got what he could get. I feel like Nick Baker needs to do that. We saw the tu- we saw it in the touchdown run he had. He can do those things. He's he's athletic enough to get what we can take. I feel like he's trying to force too many things. I agree totally. He needs to run more. Feels like he should have a lot more than just the one rushing touchdown this year. He might have another one, but you're right and. We talk about Stone a lot, that he could have came in the Kansas State game and we couldn't get anything going and outrun some of those defensive linemen when Nick couldn't. And, yeah, in this game, he he didn't see anything before it happened. He didn't check it all, as you said. So then, you know, obviously the offensive line does what, you know, they're they're told, hey, watch for this guy. So then they don't, and then there's a blindside sack. So, yeah, he, he still has a lot of room for growth, and that's and that stinks knowing that, you know, the, the way you want to compete – that, you know, your quarterback should be past that. He should be at the consistent and level where there shouldn't be. Obviously, you're going to still grow. But I feel like there's a lot of instances that you mentioned how you're not, you know, uh, happy with his performance so far this year that it's warranted because, yeah, he does have a lot of issues he needs to work on. And definitely running the ball, I agree. He needs to because we would see that a lot with Stone, and that's why we went on the run we did. So, yeah, we mentioned before Stone is – working for the Dolphins now. So he totally just got out of playing in general as soon as he knew he didn't get the job. So, yeah, and we and we obviously have our stone now, Norton, that we definitely agree that he's not – wouldn't be ready to come into a big game and finish a game. 
if uh, he had to. We mentioned Michael Lindauer if he wasn't hurt, which I think I saw him. I think he's out of his sling. I could be wrong. I feel like I saw him on the sideline on TV when he had his headset and stuff on. He might have been out of his sling. But, yeah, I mean, if he came in, anybody else came in, but it's one of those where you don't think you're going to bench your quarterback, especially in that close of a game when you had the lead and then stuff just transpired to where you blow it and go to overtime. But, yeah, overall, he definitely needs to – because the defenses we're going to see coming up are unbelievable. So this could have been a warm-up game for him, and he didn't fully, uh, you know, live up to it. But other than that, I think he'll I think he'll hopefully be fine. May with, We said with him and Avante's connection that hopefully Avante can catch. We'll get into that, as we said. So Landon, Noah, unless you got something else to add. There. Yeah, I was going to – I was going to add that uh, it's not that I've lost confidence in Nick Baker. I have all the confidence in the world in them. Uh, it's just I feel like he's in some kind of funk or he's not uh, reading the defenses maybe right or because you mentioned his height maybe yeah like maybe you see a lot of those guys like the Kyler Murray's even the Zach Wilson's watching him and some of the shorter quarterbacks they roll him out of the pocket to so they could see but uh yeah we've seen this kid at his best we saw in the spring when he was healthy against North Dakota State we've seen what he done at SEMO this, yes, he's only a sophomore. He's still got a lot of growth. But we, why I am fully confident in them. I just need to see more. But that will come, hopefully. Yeah, it better come soon. And you're right on the on the rolling out. I think we saw a lot of that in Kansas State. They just got to him a lot. But he tried to roll out a lot then. Uh, and then at times he has, but he needs to definitely do it more. So Landon Noah, of course, legendary Lando. His brother went to Western Illinois. He talked about that in the doghouse earlier. Uh, last week, actually, last Monday. And it's cool because, obviously, he knows he broke that record last year, and as soon as Avante went down, then he had to step up. Now, a 5 for 103, 21 yards per catch in those two tutties. I mean, what more can we say? I mean, we, we've talked a lot about Landon this year and how great he's been when Avante kind of, obviously, before this injury, hasn't had the season that we hoped because these, you know, defenses are definitely – eyeing him every game and he hasn't really got going fully yet and we talked about Noah how Landon wasn't on those lists some people's opinions began the year and the players knew that and they talked before how underrated it seems like he is at this point but he's just Mr. Consistent he's legit legendary Lando he lives up to his name absolutely there's this is non-biased I fully believe even Nick Hill said in his press conference that there's not a receiver in the country playing better than Landon Lenore right there he is just unbelievable he's our go-to guy when we need a play we know we can go to him on a one-on-one matchup it's like i believe nick baker said uh during the overtime on the play he said if we have a one-on-one matchup landing versus anybody we're gonna take it yes and they took advantage of that he scored there and he also had that big conversion a big catch on the sideline to get us just about in that field goal position right before uh uh, regulation ended. So, yeah, we know he can catch almost anything, and he's just he's unbelievable. And I can't believe people have looked past him going into the season. He's proved it. So, Jerron Noah had to step up, and he got his big. It seems like he averages at least 10 to 15 yards a catch, and he had 10 this game, 4 for 38. Avante, before he went down, 3 for 20. Uh, Donovan had was in the passing game a lot, 4 for 17. Isaiah, it seems like Isaiah – he had the big catch last week, and he's been huge this year. Would like to see more of him in this game, especially when Avante went down. But we know the experience of Jerron, but the but the uh, 
talent of Isaiah. We should have seen more of him. He only had five for 17. Justin, of course, as we know, is a good receiving back, two for 16. That Aiden Quinn 16-yard catch. Zach Gibson, we mentioned that huge third down catch for nine yards. And Tice, it's weird. No, we haven't seen Tice really that involved. Definitely, I don't, I think for the – well, I think whatever game it was, one of those home games he had – 30 yards in the first quarter. It looked like he was off to a great start, but then didn't do anything. But we talked before how, obviously, he brings that, but he brings in every other facet. He's out there blocking on field goals. He's just a big block. We've talked about Tice a lot, haven't we? Yeah. I'm kind of surprised he only had one reception. I know we're starting to mix in Aiden Quinn. He's stepping up. I know Cole Stewart's out there some, So and we're starting hopefully here in about a month at the end of the month, we'll get Jacob Garrett back. So, we've got a lot of options in that tight end room. You're right. Donovan led us in uh, rushing again, only 33 yards. We only had however many total as a team. Not very good. But Noah Javon, we have to talk about it again. Six six rushes for only 13. That's .7 per. I mean, besides, I mean, what he's out there for the Wildcat, but he's not getting anything going. they got to use him in different ways. But, like, they try to, or they just use him as a decoy sometimes because they know the teams know if he's out there, the Wildcat's coming. So they need to use him in different specific and, um, you know, creative ways because besides – he's not doing anything else besides on punt and kick returns because he's not rushing the ball. What, are the, what, what should they do with Javon? Yeah, to me, maybe uh, we have, we've seen uh, one, uh, one pass by him, maybe mixing some passes out of that Wildcat. I know as – as uh, the year goes on, they will open up the playbook even more and more. Maybe they're saving those. But, yeah, they need to uh, – Matt, I believe Matt Varney did this morning in a Nick Hill's press conference uh, asked about Javon's usage, and Nick said, well, I believe it, I believe at halftime uh, Javon uh, had the most rush attempts, so uh, ended up with six. So I probably had, what, maybe five at halftime. He had yeah, one second half. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of fans, I know he's the local kid, but a lot of SIU fans want him involved more. Uh, I know he's a team player and not going to step up or say he's going he's gonna to do whatever he's asked to do. But, yeah, we know we got these other three guys. When, uh, Romero didn't even get in the game. Not sure if he's fully back yet or not from that concussion. But, yeah, they need to m- mix some things up. Feels like to me – Maybe um maybe I missed some plays or something, but the only plays I see Javon getting a rush is out of the wildcat. So or at the goal line. Yeah, or, or at the goal line. They need to maybe use him. They need to bring him out there when Nick Baker's still out there and hand him off, because you can get a lot of if he's in the game, guys are going to key on him. So you can run RPOs off that and everything. So they need to switch some things up because he's he's our best player and he needs the ball. Yeah, we talked before or many times how he doesn't want to throw the ball, but it seems like when Nick's struggling to throw the ball, that I feel like they have to practice practice it and know that do some plays with Javon throwing the ball if he can't get involved is something. It's unfortunate. We talked about Anthony Knighton, who, you know, there were times in this game where Anthony could have had a lot more sacks that ended up quarterback ended up rushing for first downs and stuff that he's seen. He seems like a little slow out there and we're – and we're curious because he had the quietest good year last year. We talked about that he was great at the beginning of his career, and he's dealt with injuries, and Javon has done the same where they were so good at the start. And not saying, you know, injuries has cogged down any of them, but it's got to be a factor. But just the fact that they're both sought after because if we get into defenses here in a little bit, Anthony Knighton was nowhere to be found, really. 
And it's, it's just interesting whether they just, you know, had a game plans for all these guys or not. It's just interesting. I think they've had the same kind of career path so far. We're great at first, and then they tail off a little bit. And we talked about how interesting it was that uh, an All-American, uh, you know, that Javon was picked or was an All-American that uh, it was just shocking because we know he's fought through injuries and stuff at times. So... So let's get into that defense here. Mikel Calhoun had an incredible day. He had uh, 10 total tackles, six of his own. He had tackle for loss. He had a huge sack. Might be sneak peeking him here in a little bit for a dog of the game. Bryce Noach, we understand, was a, a – uh, um, his birthday was this past week. He had six as well. P.J., we obviously, we talked about him having the huge tackles. And Quay with this pick – and all these guys, Zach Barola got involved. A lot of them had three tackles. Noah, Shakari Patterson, the th- the one of the three was obviously the biggest one of the game. David, him, David, and PJ had th- the biggest three tackles of the game. Clayton, we haven't heard much. Of Clay- we obviously know he had the pick at Kansas State. He's been kind of involved. He's been quiet for the most part. But Dorian Davis got in this game earlier than we honestly thought. That was kind of a surprise. But Noah here, let's mention this. Obviously, we know Keenan Agnew started – we didn't talk about this, I don't think, yet. Obviously, it needs to be talked about. Kevin Glacian did not play due to a pectoral injury. We don't know his status. They didn't talk about the press, so we'll get to that. But uh, if he was out there, Noah, wouldn't you say that, obviously, they wouldn't have had a lot of stuff they had and when that game doesn't get to overtime? That's how impactful he's been so far. Yeah, he would have uh, made a big difference. But uh, those guys that stepped in his role did uh... – Good enough job because our defense carried us this whole game. Yeah, Gianni was really good in this one. We mentioned the, the big sack he had. Keenan Agnew started. He didn't get much, though. had one total tackle. It was his own. Jordan Burner, Noah, he didn't get uh, pass defense. He didn't get involved. We know Anthony got involved in that. Jordan had one assisted tackle. No tackles for loss or anything. He was stunted in this game along with uh, Anthony. Anthony didn't have any tackles, it says. But he had two quarterback hits, so he was getting involved in that sense. It's weird, Noah, seeing our two best edge rushers kind of stymied in this game. Yeah, they uh, they did a great job of finding those guys and pass protecting and uh, either chipping with the running back and letting the running back go out. Uh, they did a great job on those two. But we know whenever those two aren't at their best, we know guys like Richie Haggerty can. and He just adds to his sacks total this year. He got one. Him, Mikel, Bryce, and Gianni had sacks in this one. So you, one would think, along with the two picks, you'd say, oh, we had four sacks on the day and two picks. Oh, how'd the game go? Oh, we won by you know, a couple of scores. Not the case. We barely escaped. But we mentioned how a lot of those, uh, definitely that first pick and a lot of these sacks came at the start of the game. The second half, we did say they were a little gassed. So in terms of team stats, they only had, they had what, 10 seconds more of possession time than us. Uh, they had 14 penalties, though, that came of 123 of our own yards. They had over 40, about 45 more rushing, 51 total rushing yards from us. Not good. We had only 15 more passing yards. So, overall, we were 6 of 16 on third down. They were 5 of 13. They didn't have any fourth down uh, plays. We were 2 for 2 on that regard, and we had 7 more first downs. So, uh, obviously, a lot of those nick picks gave them a good opportunity to – um, you know, score most of their points. It's just, it's unfortunate that the game had to 
There were a couple of fumbles, obviously, but none of them were lost, too. So just a lot going on in this game, North. Let's jump into who are some people that stuck out on Western side of the ball? Yeah, Western side, uh, we talked about their quarterback, Connor Sampson. He was uh, 20 of 31 for 192 yards and two picks. He had two touchdowns to go along with that. Um, he was a guy we were supposed to, we were going to key on. Uh, I think we did a decent job of that. Uh, one of their main guys, the leading receiver, the leading wide receiver in the nation, Dennis Houston, only four for fifty-seven. Great job by our corners. Yeah, he was, as we mentioned before in the preview, top five in uh, scrimmage yards going into this game. So that is huge. Yeah, our corners did a great job. They stepped up. Uh, I believe he was coming in the game averaging 130 yards a game receiving. So that's big there. Uh, Running-wise, for a run team, you mentioned we only had 51 yards. They had 96. Uh, Wanza was really good for them. He had 13 for 89 and a touchdown in overtime. He averaged 6.8 yards a carry. Yeah, we're a running team first, and we only averaged 1.6 yards a carry. So just under two yards a carry, that's not like us. Definitely not. But we understand, and Nick preached that a lot, uh, before the game, how uh, quality they are offensively. And we'll get – Nick Hill had a uh, – he talked with uh, Todd Hefferman and some of the media before the game. Let's get into that real fast. It was just uh, – I'm proud of them finding a way to win. Uh, I've been saying that all week. Uh, I feel like Western's got a good football team. Uh, I asked Jared at the beginning of the week who, who made that schedule for 2021 just because it was uh, – you know, they play Ball State, who won the MAC last year. That's who they open up with. And then they play at Montana, Eastern Washington, two top five teams, and then get a win against Youngstown and then play us, who's a top ten team. So as far as their, their four FCS games go, it's three top ten teams and a road NBC game. So uh, I think this is a good football team. Uh, I don't think we played our prettiest football. Uh, I felt like uh, I like the guy, the way the guys came out after the, the, the lightning delay and their approach. Uh, I thought we, we we played excellent defense in the first half. I, I felt like uh, you know 96 total yards. I think this offense can get going. It's streaky. It's shown that, um, and we just didn't do our part um, in the second half. Really, that third, really the second half on offense. You know, we just um, you know I think we got to look back. Avante was out, and Calvin was out. Um, you know. Um, I felt like Zach Gibson uh, came in and had to play. They, and then Jerron was out the whole second half. So Zach Gibson, you know, steps in. It froze there, Noah, but that's – he said something that I didn't even – Jerron Rollins didn't play the second half. He he was huge when Javon – or Avante went out, as we know, but didn't he play in the second half? I didn't even, I didn't even know that, to be honest. Yeah, that's a, that's a big – I wonder what happened there. Uh, yeah, that's an injury we haven't heard, but maybe it was precautionary. Yeah, maybe it was precautionary since uh, what we thought could be Avante down the stretch being out for a while, but doesn't look like that right now. No, and Landon talked with Mike after the game as well in his huge game, and Nick, it looked like they were both in a basketball gym talking to him on the phone. Obviously, because we said that Mike and Gene were in Carbondale. That was funny, but... So, yeah, overall, I mean, some, you know, Nick's thoughts on that. He preached how he obviously thought, you know, he said we didn't play our prettiest football. 
but he ends up saying, especially after the lightning delay, how their approach was, and they played excellent defense in the first half, he said, which was true. But no, at the end, obviously, he just mentions how a win's a win, and it seems like that's the case. You know, obviously, you're not proud of games like that, and he mentioned how he's never been a part of a of a pretty loss or a ugly win or anything like that. But Noah, this was definitely the definition of that because it's how bad we were in the second half. And obviously he's going to, and we mentioned how uh, this was one of those games. We know the games we got coming up. Obviously you got to just flush this one down the drain, no matter how it went. Obviously you didn't want to lose. If you lost, it was awful. But the fact that we did win and we, you got to take some positives out of us, uh, you know, getting after them on that two point conversion, not let them win it. You know, it's like, Stuff like that, you take positives out of, but you can't really, you got to flush it, but we're not too, they shouldn't be happy totally with this win, knowing how it ended. Yeah, uh, you see what's going around uh, uh, South Dakota State, uh, North Dakota State, they will take care of these teams, no matter if it's at home or they go on the road. You've seen what South Dakota State did to Indiana State, we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, there's not a lot of positives from this game uh, now the, I know the team and the players and the coaching staff can flush it and move on, but as a fan, there's not a lot of positives for me to take out of this game. Uh, your defense played pretty well for the most part. They did a pretty good job. That's about – and uh, Landon Lenore is another good positive. But other than that, uh, QB, Nick Baker forcing things. Uh, not to mention we didn't talk about it earlier. He left his guys out to dry a lot of times, especially Donovan Spencer who got hit a lot. Uh, O-line did not pick up a lot of blitzes very well. They weren't very good. Uh, run blocking was bad all game. Uh, I thought the play calling was pretty lousy at some points, but uh, we got the – like like Nikhil said, and we got the job done, so it's a win, win is a win. Yes, and he mentioned how a little out of re- rhythm they were when they started bringing pressures, and he gave credit to Western. He said, we weren't running the ball really well, and they were really just bringing everybody on blitzes, as you said earlier. Um and then Nick Baker had some uh, had some quotes in this one. He said, uh, let's see here. Where did it go? He had a quote about, here, this team never shies away from the big moment, and when we have to get something done, it seems like we always do. Who, obviously, they, they mentioned the game that he had, and Nick said that Nick Baker has a demeanor about himself that's pretty special. You can coach him as hard as you want, and he doesn't shrug you off. He'll look you in the eye and say, I got it, and you believe him. So, obviously, staying positive after no matter how the win was, knowing what they have coming up here, Noah. So, let's get into what we didn't know. What was the spread before the game? Obviously, we mentioned how we don't know that until like an hour or two before the game. Ended up being uh, 16, I believe. 16, and we were – do you remember what we predicted it was, our own – versions of it i think we said it'd be around 13 and a half ish yeah knowing that the kind of offense they have and us being on the road yeah it makes sense uh and then the over under what was that uh ended up being 68 which was a lot yeah originally we thought it'd be in the high 50s and we might we i think we were going to take that but we both confirmed with each other once we saw 68 we flipped to the under and it didn't seem possible at first so what are our records now at this point it makes uh, me nine and one, my first loss of the year, and you're now eight and two. Because we both took the spread, we thought we might be able to pull away. Eventually, looked like it from the beginning. Then we both took the under, which we got correct. So we are, and we understand. We talked before how the the following games coming up 
it'll be interesting to see our picks for that. But no, dogs of the game. Let's go defensively. I think we both agree. Mikel Calhoun definitely deserved, especially the game. There's a lot of options here. Jakari on his on his clutch tackle. Quay with his pick and leading the team in tackles or being top three in tackles. And Bryce with being the birthday boy, his pick, his sack, and second on team tackles. But can we agree on Mikel Calhoun? You think with a sack? And lead the team in tackles. Yeah, that would be a good pick for defensive dog of the game. And then offensively, I mean, they're really, like we said, weren't a lot of positives, so it's easily landing with his big catches throughout the game. You mentioned them on the sidelines to get us in field goal position and then the, the overtime catch. So easily landing on that one. Special teams, Jack definitely won that. And Noah, it was Mike tweeted about Jack uh, yesterday that he moved into first place in career punt average here with 42.72 yards per punt when he averaged 50.8 at Western on Saturday. Scott Revanesi, who also won number 97, is now second. He had 42.5 when he was here from 06 to 09. So that's pretty noteworthy. Talked so much how we didn't know, you know, we didn't want to use Jack a whole lot this year for reasons that our offense is great. But Noah, he has came around recently when we punted a lot the last two games, and he's, it would, you would think he's leading the way for that punter of the year that he was up for. Yeah, not sure what anybody else's punter doing around the country, but yeah, he has to be in the top five, guaranteed. And then going into uh, Nick's Money Presser today, pretty much some stuff that uh, uh, that stuck out big time was obviously the injury update that he mentioned. Yeah, like you said earlier, Vontae might play this next week, and Calvin is a little bit more serious. He will not play. And they talked before how, you know, how, what they can do now on the offensive line, Noah, that he said that they were talking about maybe having Zebion go to center and Calvin at guard to start this year. So that's maybe they're out there going, move Zebion to center and Jimmy Wormsley to uh, guard. So a lot of that's possible. What else did Nick talk about? Yeah, you just mentioned injuries, and our depth is starting to get tested playing in this uh, physical uh, sport and conference we play in. Uh, we already mentioned, we've mentioned before, James Caesar, All-American corner, out for the year. Uh, we mentioned, uh, we've talked about Bryson Strong, be able to hopefully come back right around our bye week at the end of this month. Uh, we talked about Jacob Garrett, be able to come back around that Northern Iowa game as well. We know Dante Cox out. He's out for the year. Uh, Vontae now banged up. Calvin Francis, and we know Ramir, we haven't seen him in a couple games. Um, uh, we mentioned Kevin Glacian. He missed this game. We didn't. All, we also didn't mention D. Foxworth, our backup to Kevin Glacian, missed this game. So our depth is really starting to be tested. Yeah, right before the games, so you need everybody you can possibly have. And we talked about Jerron missing the second half. Don't know his status. It's probably not too bad. We mentioned precautionary. And yeah, you're all American Avante. Hopefully, he won't be 100. percent So it'll be more people stepping up. We're hoping that's when we see Isaiah Hardtrip shine continuously along there with Landon and like Tice gets more involved. So anyway, yeah, injuries is the one thing we always want to know about. So there's a status on all that, hoping everybody can. Also, uh, Derek Harden Jr. is, don't know his status, but it's him out for the year. Yeah, because we've seen him on the crutch, on the sidelines at, at home games and stuff. So yeah, not sure how that happened. No one's talked about it. So yeah, the depth is definitely getting tested at this point. You are correct, Noah. Around the Valley, how did other teams around the Valley fare this week? Yeah, a little. Let's go around our tour around the valley. We had this week. Uh, some teams took care of business, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, 
South Dakota State played a non-con game. They played Dixie State, who hasn't won a game, dominated them 55-7. to So uh, then uh, Northern Iowa took care of business, took care of the bottom feeder, Youngstown, 34-7 to in Cedar Falls. Uh, South Dakota took care of maybe the worst team in the conference, Indiana State, 38-10 to at home. North Dakota State went on the road to North Dakota, took them down in a low-scoring game, 16-10. to That's a big one. Then Murray State went to normal and put a whooping on the Redbirds, 41-20. to Wow. So Missouri State definitely is – they just ring a bell to me, obviously, because we mentioned how the other teams – and we'll get to the rankings here in a second. Missouri State sticks out. Yeah, can't the, wait to get them at home. So the standings through these games, uh, we're at the top. Missouri State's right behind us, and you have a couple 1-0 and teams, South Dakota State and North Dakota State and Northern Iowa. Then you have 1-1 uh, and teams in South Dakota, Western Illinois. North Dakota's 0-1, Illinois State 0-2, Indiana State 0-2, and Youngstown 0-2. So, yeah, we, we understand who the bottom feeder teams are. You said Indiana State, yeah. Whenever Western gets a chance to play, then we're thinking they'll definitely take the dub there. Indiana State, we do play at there this year, so we're hoping that's a dominant win. Then uh, to look around off our schedule, we'll, we'll point out, heck of a job by Kansas State. They took Oklahoma to the wire in Manhattan this weekend. And uh, not looking good for the SEMO Red Hawks. They yeah. fell to Tennessee Tech, who was winless so far. So not good for the SEMO Red Hawks. No, and we talk about a lot how, yeah, we always – we'll look at the teams that we play non-con and how they fare. How did Dayton fare this They week? fell at Moorhead State 45-38. Okay, so they only lost by a touchdown. So they fought, and, yes, Kansas State – imagine how the atmosphere was against Oklahoma. They did have them at one point in the game, and then Oklahoma's been uh, definitely barely getting by games the last two years. So they, they probably should have came up with that one. But – it's all good. Now, Noah, fresh rankings this week. What do Stats Perform have for us? Where do they have us at? Yeah, they uh, we dropped a slot to number eight. We were at number eight a couple weeks ago, moved up to seven. But we felt, no, yes. Oh, this is a Sam Herder's battle. He, he kept us at seven. So, uh, But we fell to eight in the actual poll. Uh, South Dakota State. They are at two by one point. I can say they're the number one team in the country. Sam Houston should fall to two, in my opinion. James Madison, number three. Eastern Washington, four. North Dakota State, five, which I'm surprised they didn't move up to number four. Um, Montana, six. They just lost to Eastern Washington, 34-28. Then UC Davis, who's undefeated. Then we we are at eight. So, yeah, I mean, it's not – especially because they gave us, I think, the benefit of the doubt, Some of, one of them that didn't have us moving at all because it was on the road. We had a big lead. We did blow it, so that's what they can look at. We won. And the fact that you just win regardless, and that's why teams haven't moved off Sam Houston, even though they've had some shaky games the last couple of weeks. So they're proven that obviously they're beatable. Everybody's beatable, but definitely those top teams are getting some good competition at them and some, some big games. So – this is where we rank. I think we'll stay, depending upon how the game goes on Saturday, we're thinking, well, obviously if we win, we're moving up. If we lose, depending upon how close it is, both ways, I guess, we'll remain the same. Everybody keep updated on that. We'll refresh that every week as usual. NFL Salukis, Noah, what did, what did some of these pro dogs do this week? Yeah, NFL Salukis, uh, Michael Pruitt 
had only one catch for 14 yards, but he was one of the second highest graded Tennessee Titan by PFF. He did a really job, job great job blocking. So uh, he's proved his role there. Uh, Ryan Neal and the Seahawks uh, played special teams, I believe, but he is not on the box score that I see. So he is didn't have a tackle. Oh, there he is. Oh, yeah, he actually played. He had a, my bad, a, four total tackles. Wow. So big time for Ryan Neal. And we know we have uh, the Panthers who lost their first game, Jeremy Chin, and uh, practice squad, Madre Harper, um, he led in the tackle. Yeah, game, he, he they didn't uh, as a team. I guess they didn't have a lot of tackles, but he had five total tackles to lead the Carolina Panthers. Interesting. We know how good the Cowboys' uh, offense is, so it's probably not a little surprising. So, continued good luck to those guys. We talk about Michael every week. Now that he's playing big time for you, that he will be getting inducted in the next couple weeks. So, looking forward to that. No, our recruiting update. What did our our top recruits, our commits? Definitely our commits do this past week. Yeah, our commits, um, starting with Jimmy Lansing, uh, he posted his, I will say he posted his midseason highlights. If you We retweeted that. If you have not, go watch the kid. This kid is mowing down people at his size. He moves great. He is a great blocker. Somebody, some, uh, Someone quoted and said, no wonder Power 5 schools are now calling on him, though. Worries me a little bit, but uh, I feel confident that we have sold him on Southern Illinois University, so... He'll stay there. Yeah, you did say that earlier, and that kind of caught my eye. We do, we do think he is committed fully to the university, so we don't think he'll be. Yeah, Shamnad got back to 500. They played a winless Vianney, uh, beat them 72 to 14. So Shamnad's getting starting to get back on the right track. Got a big game next week. Um, Lutheran North, they um, they lost again this week, but uh, I believe Brian Brown. It was a 9 of 15 passing, 136 yards, two TDs, but two picks. He had 14 rushes for 111 yards. Uh, key guy to watch out, Jalen Carson, their running back, had 14 rushes for 222 yards. So Goodness. Good. We were in on him. Yeah, we talked about how he hasn't been that active lately, so it's good to see him yeah. get back into it. And Jalen Banks had uh, four tackles in that game. So our Lutheran North boys, they are back. Um they had a tough loss, so that's not good for them. But overall, performance-wise, our commits are doing pretty well. Newest commits, Ryan Schwindeman at uh, St. Dominic. They had a tough loss against St. Mary's, who St. Mary's looks to be pretty solid. They beat Lutheran North boys earlier in the year. But Schwindeman re- receiving at 5 for 63. Uh, he had four tackles also and another fumble recovery. So he's active on both sides of the balls. Then Connor Lair... Uh, they had a tough loss, first loss of the season. It was a battle of them and Lebanon, who both were undefeated. Lost 44-34. Then our boy Ryan Shanley, they played Woodstock, beat them 51-20. So they're back to 500 to get a ride on the right track. Good to know. Good stuff on that. Yeah, we we talked before how good this uh, class is compared to what Nick Hill has had since his 16 one. And we're so excited for all these guys. They're a lot, most of these guys – you know, we see true freshmen making impacts, and we have guys sitting out this year that we know will make impacts next year. We know the Jalen Bates of the world and the whoever true freshmen coming in and playing that maybe some of these guys will, and we're looking forward to having all those guys. So it's good to see, and they will keep going. We'll keep everybody updated on that still, Noah. 
Now to end this, let's talk about the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. Let's just sneak peek them. It'll be a huge preview on Friday. Everybody stay tuned for that because this is the biggest game of the year so far. And we keep playing them at third place. We're wishing they could finally come to ours, but that's not the case, Noah. We know that they have some big weapons and a new quarterback, so let's preview them real fast. Yeah, uh, they're they're by one point they're number two, but I believe they're the best team in the country. Um, I believe this team is better than last year's team, led by uh, grad transfer quarterback Chris Oladokun from uh, Sanford. Nick Hill actually mentioned, I believe Todd asked about him, and Nick knows about him. He originally transferred from USF, South Florida. I guess Nick kept communication. Maybe we tried to get him, but he went to Sanford, an air raid offense, and now this guy, it's not as fast as the guy they had last year who's out for the year, but this kid can he can run as well, but this kid has an arm. He can make all the throws. Then they're led by Pierre Strong, who Nick Hill also mentioned said he's ready to graduate. So those this is the best team in the country. So we better get back on track. And it's crazy because what's his name? Gronowski won, won the Walter Payton Player of the Year this as a freshman. As a freshman last year, and it's crazy that people do deem them better than they were. That's kind of insane. So yeah. Huge, and it stinks that we had the injuries we've had going to this game. Hopefully some of those guys can do it uh, going into Brookings on Saturday at a 2 o'clock game on ESPN+. Plus. We'll cover all this again, like we said, on Friday. That'll be a great game. that up the resume even more. So that's why you don't want to lose those games like we almost did against Western before you play teams like this, the undefeated Jackrabbits. So we'll preview that again on Friday. Like we said, follow our Instagram dogs podcast. Keep up to date on everything. Uh, Noah, how are we? What's our status on other ways to stream our pods outside of Spotify? Yeah, we we are officially on Google Podcast, and uh, we are waiting to be on um, Apple Podcasts. They are waiting to verify us. I guess they have to. They said it could take up to a day or so, maybe even longer than that. So we're waiting on that. So that's a big one, and we're also on. Uh, it's called Podcast Index. We're on that as well. So. We are getting there. We uh, we know, uh, I believe it was earlier in the season, maybe before the season, somebody mentioned that is there another way they could find us. So we're getting out there. We're growing, guys. We're trying to get there, but we are on the right track. Yes, and we will continue to post the Spotify link. You guys can go and find those other links at some point as you wish, but we'll stick with Spotify because we have this whole time. So another good pod, a preview uh, a game that made us 4-1, a close call game, but we flushed it down the drain, as we said, looking looking forward to facing the great South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Again, we previewed that on Friday. Stay tuned for that. So, for Nick Malone. No alerts. This was the Dogs Football Podcast. Till next time, see you guys Friday. Go Dogs.